Hello and welcome to Your Health Moment Podcast. I'm your host, Max Sturdivant, better known as Dr. Fitness. On this podcast, I want to give you the tools to start, continue, and never give up on your journey towards health. Now, whether you struggle with your weight, eating the right food, hydration, exercise, or even time management, you're in the right place and I'm here for you. Now, let's dive right into this episode. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Fitness. And most of you that are regular listeners, you know my mission is to be your trusted wellness advisor. And um, so in doing that, I want to be able to introduce to you some of the best fitness, health, nutrition professionals and programs that are out there and available. And today I have someone who's going to be a real treat for you to listen to, Miss. Lynn Bowman. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you so much. I am delighted to be with you. Awesome. Well, we're really super happy to have you. From the other coast. You're, you're three hours different. Yep. Yeah. So I've had time to prepare. <laughs> so I want to really get into the really exciting life that you have had and continue to have. If you can give us a little background about who you are. Well, you know, it, it's so interesting to be this age and to look back on your life and think, am I the same person that I was when I was doing that and when I was in those places? I'm not sure we are. Uh, in a way, you want to wake up every morning and, and be whoever you are today, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Because after a while, it starts piling up. and and our memories are faulty, don't you think? I really do. Um, you know, we remember things the way we want to remember them or, or sometimes the way we can't help but remember them. But yeah, it's been a long, interesting ride. And I, I started out in uh, L.A. kind of going the opposite route of the busloads of starlets who were coming in. I couldn't wait to get out. Interesting. Uh, and I... Yeah, I worked in the movie industry a bit. I I was did a little modeling and acting and um, did makeup because it's a company town. Mm-hmm. And when your friend says, "Could you come and do the, you know, and would sure, do you know how to do that? Yeah, I can do that. And and so you can't help but get some exposure to the stuff. But I was too brunette and too short and too I think um, what's the word uh, cheeky. To be an actress, well, what, <laughs> I just. What's, well, what's really hmm? interesting is the time that you spent in LA. Like I know LA to be all about health and wellness. When I'm there, the people I talk to, they really tend to eat well. They they pay attention to their health, and I see people that are in the industry of beauty tend to be more engaged in that way. Is that one of the takeaways that you? Oh, uh- of course. And, and I go down there frequently now, sort of post, it's not really post COVID, but we are traveling more. Uh, in fact, I'll be there in a couple of days and I was there a week or so ago. And it's astonishing that all of the women on the street are not only slender, but skinny and they're all in stretchy pants and they've all just been to Pilates or they've just been to yoga and they've all got their hair pulled back in that way that you only see in LA. And 
people don't look like that in other places. It is. Max, they don't. Uh, it's, it's really kind of the planet of what? Uh, the planet of the blondes or something. Of real help um, in, like attitude in life. Is, is that something that inspired you to do what you do now? Because you're really committed to health and you're no. really committed to wellness. But no, that didn't. That wasn't it. It didn't happen. I left L.A. in 1971 mm-hmm. um, and went to the other coast to work. I actually I, I got an uh, on-the-air job as a weather person. And I'm happy to say I was the worst <laughs> weather person ever in the history of broadcasting, so far as I know. It was really <laughs> awful. What's it like being a weather person? What makes a good weather person versus a not so good weather person? Except the obvious, I would think if you get the weather wrong, that might be. <laughs> yes, because in in those days, all they wanted was a weather girl, right? They didn't want a meteorologist. This was the NBC affiliate. And I, I'd been told I would do news. But before I was going to do news, they wanted me to do weather. And I didn't know dip about weather. I had no clue. So um, I'll spare you details, but it didn't last long. And I went back to writing advertising copy and got jobs with freelance jobs, jobs with agencies after that on that coast. But I didn't want to be in LA. I didn't, I grew up looking around going, this place is awful. They build these funny looking houses and they're buildings that look like hot dogs and donuts and things. And um, <laughs> it's almost a to to make you think uh, about um you know having lived other lives in other places because it just always looked bad to me mm. and so i couldn't wait to get out and and i first actually went to europe and uh, loved that over there france but then i wound up in silicon valley and so my career took this interesting turn where in 1980 i found myself in the middle of this digital revolution. And most people didn't even know it was happening yet. But in San Jose and Palo Alto, these new machines were being built that were going to revolutionize the way we did business. And yes, they did. And so my job was to translate that technology to consumers so that they would understand what the heck they were being sold. Interesting. And uh, yeah, we had to, for example explain to men that they needed to put their fingers on those keyboards because back in the day men never put their fingers on keyboards women did that not men oh i didn't even realize that wow that that kind of makes sense so we had to explain we had to tell them that it was manly (laughs) (laughs) and intelligent to have a keyboard yeah and uh didn't take long that they discovered the power of the keyboard, but uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting time and place to be. I'm, I'm sure there's another really fascinating book in there. I'm surprised that you just are not writing, and you have so many fascinating stories. You could just like, oh my god, do so many great books and anything like a movie. I mean, have you thought about any of your stories? Well, I, I love doing videos um, and what I'm going to, what I'm, thank you for asking because I think really my next projects are going to be audible books. I did those two books with Deidre that I told you about uh-huh. 
So some listeners may not know that. So if we can go back um, and, okay. and tell them about the two books that you did with Deidre. Well, and I'm talking about Deidre Hall, uh, Dr. Marlena Evans of Days of Our Lives. And I love that. Um, it's just such a fun idea, isn't it? It's so silly, the soaps. And here she is 5,000 episodes later and all these years later. But she and I did two books together and uh, published them ourselves. And the first was Deidre Hall's Kitchen Close-Up. And then the second one was Deidre Hall's How Does She Do It, which was more of a sort of beauty-oriented, or it was a health and beauty book because, and you and I have been talking about this in a couple of different ways, beauty really is health. That's what it is. So those women on the street in Santa Monica and West Hollywood, what you're seeing are women who are maybe anorexic in many cases, but also very health conscious um, in a way that people aren't in other parts of the country. I, I can still remember getting off a plane in Des Moines, Iowa, years and years and years ago, but I had never seen so many people who were large, very large, and sort of blue-eyed people, um, they looked different. I had grown up in such a, a sort of interesting mix of people, you know, very, very, um, what, metropolitan mm -hmm. sort of crazy mix of people in California that I love, people from everywhere. And, and I had never been in the Midwest where there were basically one kind of person and they were all kind of heavy. Um, I had that, I had that same experience when I, like I was brought up in New York. So from moving from New York down to the South, people oh, were huge. Yeah. I mean, morbidly yeah. obese, there were more morbidly obese people. And when I moved to the South than I think I've ever seen in my life, like New York, it just wasn't as common as it was in the South. No, and, and there are easy explanations for that. One, in New York, people walk. Mm -hmm. um, demographically, people are different. They eat differently. In the South, and my children were all born in North Carolina, so they have cousins there, and, um, and I've spent time there. And the children are brought up drinking soda and eating um, chicken nuggets and it's kind of like the worst concentration of the things that are wrong with American cuisine, with American health, with America, this, the sad American diet, the standard American diet is epitomized in the way people eat in the South. And, and Southern people are very, very culturally attached to their food, you know, barbecue and, and uh, biscuits, chicken and waffle <laughs> grits. <laughs> Chris, yeah, yeah barbecue bit uh, macaroni and cheese uh yes and banana pudding and so many things that we can laugh about which is a reason by the way that i put mac and cheese in my book because everybody loves mac and oh cheese oh my god Th right this but if book you, oh my god if can you make the name it of right the book is brownies for breakfast and it may sound like uh it's not really geared towards anything healthy uh, and once you get it, you will find just the opposite is true. Um, oh, wow. Can you show us the cover? 
I, I absolutely can. I've got it right here. Isn't that amazing? And um, there, oh brownies on the cover. Uh, but I, I wanted the the book to be fun and approachable and simple, and I wanted to inspire folks to you know that eating healthy is delicious. It's better. It looks better. It smells better. It tastes better. And then you look better. Oh, wow. <laughs> you eat this way. And you were saying that um, you had a, a, an actual macaroni and cheese recipe? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes. And I don't know if I can turn to it quickly, but uh, there's a donut. Yay. I don't Because uh, who doesn't love a pink <laughs> donut with sprinkles on it? And you can make them. You bake them. You don't fry them. Um, here's summer squash casserole, which is, you know, that's a Southern thing. This is what it looks like before you actually cook it. But look at that beautiful color and all those veggies. And then it turns into this fabulous squishy casserole that you could take to any potluck and be very popular. Oh my God. I love Um, the pages of your book and I love how beautifully it's laid out and the pictures really make me want to eat everything. I would eat the page. Those <laughs> well, that's the idea. That's the whole idea. I want to, I want to have, and you know what? Here's one. This is talking about what to do with takeout to make takeout great. Mm. And this is a, this is half of a shrimp burrito from my local taqueria that I love that makes wonderful fresh food. And I get it with no rice and then I put it on top of chopped cabbage and put some on top of it is some red pepper soup that I always have in the fridge to use as a sauce. And then a little bit of cheese or vegan cheese on top. Mm. And there's a good meal. But it's takeout. Well, it looks delicious too. Nice. So how you can actually transform yeah. food. So that's another really yes. good. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, all, the inspiration for all this was because I was a single mom, three kids, never had any time or money like most of America, mm-hmm. right? Most parents, it's, they're stressed to the max. They don't have time. Oh, here's very, very good g- gelato that you make with three ingredients, mm. super healthy. Oh my God. And your kids can make it and they will love it. Um, really cool. But it's not all desserts in here. There's a lot of of savory food. There's a lot of desserts though. Did you did you teach her? Really love. Did you teach her kids how to cook? Was that part of? Did I teach them? Was that one of the things? Like you bet. Oh, yeah. Uh, because you know, we're not their servants. We're their teacher, and I, I think it's irresponsible not to teach your children how to fully participate in keeping your home. My kids cleaned, cooked, did anything that needed doing pretty much that a kid could be capable of doing. And kids love that. They love being competent. They love contributing. There's no downside to that, Uh, but you have to start early. Um, oh, here's the mac and that cheese. That is great. What a, that itself, I've, I've made so many parents. Oh, the mac and cheese looks great. I meet so many parents that don't do that. And so the kids are so ill-equipped that they don't know how to cook. They don't know how to prepare food. They go out into the world and they're kind of doomed to fast food failure. Well, and they're so busy trying to get them into the right college by getting them into the right 
preschool and then, you know, going to Mandarin and going to violin and going to baseball and all these things and they're driving around. Then the kid suddenly goes to school and doesn't know how to wash clothes, how to organize anything, how to, how, you know, come on. Um, you need to prepare your kids for life, mm. not just school, right? It's so, it's funny because in this in, in really competitive environment we live in, and as a parent myself, I do understand how easily that can be missed. I really do. But it's really great to have someone with your insight um, providing this kind of information because I know a lot of listeners out there, if you're a parent, it's easy for you to think, I want them studying and not learning how to prepare this food, or I want them studying and not learning how to eat healthy and exercise. But, you know, an, another aspect of it is learning how to have culture at a table. You know, your children learn so much at the table with you. They learn how to argue their point of view. They learn how to listen. They learn how to look and pay attention. They learn how to pass the salt. They learn how to use utensils. They learn about food. I mean, I could go on. There's a whole long mm -hmm. list of things that you only learn being at a table with people who you respect. And if you go off to the world, to college, let's say, and have never learned those skills, what happens then? Good point. You know, and who cares if you're Piano is pretty good if you don't know how to eat with a knife and fork. And I've, I've spoken to a surprising number of parents who will confess to me that their children don't eat with utensils. They eat with their hands because they're eating out of the bag. Wow. No, seriously, I, I can't wait to have you back because I could sit and speak with you on just this topic alone. You know that. Just preparing your kids for entering yeah, life in a healthy so way and managing their world yes. where it comes to those things. Knowing what food is, where it comes from, how to manage it, how not to manage it. I mean, what is more important than that? There, There isn't much that I can think of that's as important or more important than that. Lynn, you are a wealth of really great information. and. Um, with your vast experience, I mean, you bring a lot to the table and thank you for sharing all of this information and your gifts with us. And I just want to remind people that if you have not checked out brownies for breakfast, you are missing out. So definitely pick up Lynn's book and, um, Lynn, can you give them your email address? I'd be happy to, um, the website is an easy way to get in touch with me. The website is lynnbowman.com. So it's L-Y-N-N-E-B-O-W-M-A-N.com. And there's a contact form there that comes right to me. I will answer you questions, inquiries, anything like that. You And I would encourage you to sign up. There's a, a mailer list that you can sign up. I don't send much out, but what I send out is good. I promise. It's good recipes and interesting stories and ideas uh, when I have them for you. And it's not a big list, but it's a, a community of people that I'm very happy to share information with. So lynnbowman.com and every, uh, the books are there. I, I think all, all of the, the links to my other um, 
social media is there. Is there. That's the easy way to find Okay, me. great. Well, I'm going to be added to that email list. I will be doing that myself today. And don't worry if you missed any of the information that Lynn gave. It's on the show notes for the show. So you just go to the show notes. All of Lynn's contact information will be there. Um, I really think you should quickly order the book because Lynn said the publisher will be going up on the price. So now is the time to order Lynn's book, Brownies for Breakfast. It is The pictures are so beautiful that uh, the publisher said they used a lot of ink. And because of that, Lynn, what they said, they're going to have to, they're, they're, what, they're doubling the price? Yes. So this is your time to get it before that price goes up. Um, be sure. It does go to the show notes or go to Lynn's uh, website and you will be able to order the book. So order now. And barring that, I'm stocking up. So worst case, you might have to buy it directly from me. I'm trying to work that out, oh, that's a good but um, I'll, I'll have a limited supply. So sooner is better. You know, sometimes though, Lynn, I think when something has a real value, it's important. I mean, that people pay because I think the people sometimes that I've known in my career, the people that I give stuff to don't get as much out of it as the people that purchase it. I guess. And I, I always think too, the, the price that you pay for this kind of information can save you so much in grief and money. If you'll really pay attention to your own health, Uh, nothing more important because the information you're providing really does have a value. So I do understand why they would go up on the price. And, I'm, and and I tell you, the people now that will get it, they will see the value in it and they will see how it benefits them. So, you know, Thank you. it's worth the investment, you know. So if your health is important to you, it's important that you invest in your health. And um, this is a great book. And remember to do that. I think people are spending on video games and ice cream. (laughs) So spend on things that are going to enhance your health and not be detrimental to it is my opinion. And it'll make your whole family's health better. That's huge to me. That's right. Because you initially wrote the book for, you know, your target audience was everybody. Yeah. The, the subtitle is, uh, a cookbook for diabetics and the people who love them. So that's everybody. Thanks again. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Big time. Have a fantastic day. And everyone listening, hey, thank you very much for joining us. We really are happy that you're here. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Health Moment Podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard, you can visit our website, yourhealthmoment.com for past episodes, show notes, and all the resources that we mentioned on the show. Feel free to connect with me on social media too. Send me a DM and let me know what your thoughts are about the episodes that you've been listening to. And don't be shy about requesting any other show topics that you might like to explore.